And I'm Karen Wright. It is 9.34 and time for our Master Gardener segment with Master Gardener Barb Lampson, Gardening with Barb, and also me, Master Gardener Karen Wright. Good morning, Barb. Well, good morning, Karen. I'm still trying to adjust my chair here. <laughs> Barb is having trouble in the studio. Yes, I am. You know, it's um, been gorgeous. We had those hot, hot, hot streak. They called it, they actually called it a hot um, streak, I think, and uh, it was so hot that really there was... I would not go out and plant anything because it would just die immediately. So I did go out yesterday because it we have that nice, beautiful, beautiful, nourishing rain. And yes. then it was a bit cooler. So I was out yesterday, but it's still warm. So yesterday I planted some transplants. I got a delphinian, mm-hmm. uh, actually, and I got a number at our plant sale, which we'll talk about in a moment, the, the Master Garden plant sale. And I, I'm concerned because I thought, you know, that beating sun is so much... And so I actually constructed little boxes. I took, I had boxes and I put stakes through them. So I'm going to make a nice shade for them. Even though they're sun plants, I I figure I don't want them to be beat on right away and the wind and everything. So, you know, kind of baby them a little. I know you probably shouldn't have to, but when you got plants, you don't want to lose them. That, That is really important. Well, let's do this important thing and then we'll go to what do you do when the temperatures range from 90 to 100 degrees. Uh, last Saturday, our plant sale was so exciting. It was a great meet, success. Meet, to meet so many people, to get a chance to talk to people. And uh, while there were people that uh, may listen to us, I don't know that. But Neil and Sandy Schutte, Regular they were listeners, there. thank you. And, you know, they're, they grow everything out in the country. They just absolutely, they grow the most gorgeous lilac bushes. Very often you see a lilac. And it has a crown on top that's that's uh, has flowers on it. There's flower all the way down. It's just, uh, you know, they when you have land and you can space things right, you get a really good, good result. Nice to talk to people. Nice to tell them about our plants. It's and one of the things we love to do to get people really interested in growing things and get them off to a good start. And you know, they always have great questions too. And that's the thing I think is a lot of fun because you and I were all there at one point too, where we had all these questions and through experience and and education, we've learned that. And so it's fun for us to share that with others. So hopefully you won't have to make some of the same mistakes. That's true. And you know, it's always fun when the whole family comes and the children come. Yes. And it's surprising the young children, they're interested. They're so interested. I wish we had uh, thought about having an annual plant or something we could give to children when they come because it's great for them to take something home that's already growing and especially if it's blooming. So we'll have to think There's about it. There's an idea for next year, Barb. Yes, there is an idea for next year. Well, Um, What do you do when it gets so hot that it just takes your breath away? Plus, we had the wind and things were just drying up. The first thing you you think about is watering. And I watered plants and went up to good counsel. Not just once a day, more than once a day. Actually, at home, I watered three times a day. And the plants that were sitting in uh, my window boxes, I can take the window boxes down. I took them down. Oh, you did? Okay. And I put them into the shade. I had the Gerbera daisies in there, and they did not like that heat at all and that wind. And so, so that was really good. Well, then I have these primroses that I've gotten a start from Barb Maher, plus 
um, I, I've got some of my own. And they, you could just see, were just kind of wilting. And wilting is their way of trying to protect themselves so they aren't, so they don't die because they have to conserve water. True. And so, so they'll kind of wilt. I noticed that happened in my garden out at the lake house in my, my raised bed. Some of my, uh, cabbages and my Brussels sprouts and things like that. They looked a little wilty, but then when it cooled down, they, they popped back up again. Right. But this constant getting um, stressed like this isn't good. Oh, no, it's not good. One of the things that will happen as a result of that, especially with tomatoes and peppers, um, is that they kind of stall out. Uh, Instead of just taking off then when the weather straightens out, they're just kind of in a in a stint. They, they're holding in a mode. depression, you might mm-hmm. say. So I thought, you know, what can I do? This sun is coming down. It's coming at an angle later on in the day. And so uh, instead of building something, I took my lawn chairs. Which Oh, I thought of doing that last night, but it, then I thought it will blow away. <laughs> no, and, and these are, they've got this really nice canvas seat to them. Uh-huh. And I simply went out. And they're, you know, they're pretty good size That's seats a on them. Great idea. And and I put them in the garden. So shade. And I shaded all those primrose. Nice. And uh, uh, and I had some other things that were woodland plants in there, and and that really worked well. And then I just simply took my watering can and I went under it and I and I kept watering too to make sure that they're watered. And all the neighbors thought Barbara's having some crazy mishmash party because the chairs were all over the place. I I told. <laughs> my husband it's not going to stay like this and <laughs> this also isn't art I'm not on an art craze but sometimes when odd things get in the garden it's because I'm trying something artistic uh, yes yeah, something artistic so I warned him about that well I still I had other areas of the garden I had planted uh, that you didn't have enough chairs for r- right I didn't have enough <laughs> chairs for and you know the thing that was great about those chairs they had the metal leg oh so, so they could uh, kind of poke in a little yeah it didn't take any room at all yeah. so then um, my husband had made um, out of this rebar uh, cages for the pepper plants when they get really mm-hmm. tall up at good counts and there's the wind so I took those and they're three-legged they're diamond shaped and I set them over some new things that I had planted. And then I took, uh, because the tops are open on them, I took cedar shakes, cedar shingles, and I put them on top of that for a roof. And then I put a brick on top of that. And that kept the sun off from them. So, and then I have, I have lots of these shingle things. And I made, um, for some plants, especially the Virginia bluebells, they were not done blooming yet, and they're tall, and they just didn't like the wind, they didn't like the sun, and no matter how I watered them, they weren't looking good. And so I just made uh, like barricades around them so that the sun coming down at an angle didn't get to them. So the, the place looked like a, a kid was playing. Barricades everywhere y- y- for y- an y- army y- or something. Yes. And then I knew I had I didn't have all the mulch down yet. And so I'm using uh, leaf mold. And I just had to get out and work. I started at 6 a.m. in the morning. Before I, it gets too hot, it's a good idea. Right. And I went for two days just delivering mulch. And so normally you think just a couple inches of mulch is enough, but pack as much in around as you can get around your plants. And the thing of it is, it if you have um, 
leaves that are really uh, compacted don't push them up against the stem keep them just a little bit away but well that's the same same principle when people put wood mulch around trees and you see these volcanoes you never want to see it look like a little mountain around the trunk always pull the mulch and like what barbara just saying away from the stem you don't want it up against that because it can contribute to disease and other things right but if you have things like hostas Mm -hmm. you can put you can put this mulch under you know quite a ways now I don't know if that makes a home for slugs or not. I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, I always heard that you're not supposed to put it right against the that, so you have a little break. Or you can sprinkle like diametaceous earth or something that, yes. that that's at powdery crustaceans that are all dead, and then then the the uh, slugs don't want to go over it because it'll basically you know, cut them up. One of our master gardeners gave me this hint. She takes have, uh, this, um, it's a wire scratchy that you use in the kitchen. Like we, a scrub, scrubby wool, um, what do they call them, the, the woolly kind of things? Or? Uh, it's, it's, it's not that, the woolly, it's the metal thing. So they're kind of bright and, colored? And, yeah, bright colored. Okay, right. And we just call them a chore boy. Okay. And, and so she, she uh, pulls cuts, it apart. Pulls it apart and she wraps that around the base oh. of her hosta so that these slugs can't even get up there. That's a great idea. I'd have to buy a lot of them, but it might be worth it because well, I'll tell you, last year I had so many holes in my hosta because, you know, I was paying more attention to the lake house trying to landscape that. So the the land, the uh, hosta garden back at the place here in Mankato was just full of holes last year. So I need to do something like that. You know, Karen, I went and got some, and you know where I bought them? I bought them at the dollar store oh. where things really are a dollar. And you got three for a dollar. Okay, well, maybe I can. Uh, did you take them all? So there's no, I didn't. Okay, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you were talking about your little protection. So, my protection, what I did, because I planted some things last night, I took cardboard boxes and then I'd put this big, the rebar stake through it. Mm-hmm. And so I made like these little shade. Yep. huts for them right. so I did that and then another one I, I sh- wish I would have thought of the the chairs because we got plenty of those but I just took um, some some big pots and kind of shaded them around with some big extra o- old pot you know empty pots that I had so um, just saying there's so many things you can do and it's so right. important to do that make use of what you've got around you don't have yeah. to go buy you don't something. have to buy new stuff right right and who cares what it looks like well it may get look it through this bad time. for a while but then it'll look beautiful later right yeah yeah that's exactly right and then just continue to water and then when we do get rain um, some gardens are well drained and you can get in them sooner but if you're not sure just take a a a little trowel and dig out some soil and if you press it together and it stays forms into a ball don't walk in no because you'll compact it and wreck the structure do you know what i planted yesterday in the garden the vegetable garden potatoes Oh, great. Um, great. You know, I probably should have had them in a month ago, but I didn't get a chance. So the soil was, was great. And so I, I dug a nice big trench, so about a 12-inch trench to loosen it. This is I, this is not in my raised beds. This is in the actual garden out at the lake house. Sure. So, so then I, I put the potatoes in, and then it said the best thing to cover them with some compost. So I took I had bought some nice compost, mm-hmm. and I, I covered it about three to four inches. And then it said, keep once they start to come up, keep piling it on top so the potatoes have a chance you to You know, grow. Karen, I didn't get my potatoes in early either oh you didn't okay. just probably maybe uh two weeks ago or something like that or they should make it though days. okay oh heck yes i mean absolutely that i don't think there's a problem with that at all not only that i had bought uh, uh, potatoes at at drummers mm-hmm. and they had so many different varieties yes. and so of course 
I bought more than I can put in my garden up at Good Council. So I took some of these back home with me, and um, and you know what? I'm going to put them in with my uh, in my flower beds. Are you? Yeah, I am because um, there there's such beautiful uh, potatoes. They've got wonderful sprouts on them. So I'm going to see how they do there, and why not? I mean that. Uh, to me, that makes sense. Now, you mentioned different varieties. One of the things I had last year out at the lake house was potato scab. It's it's where the potatoes get some ugly little markings on them. I think, it, is yeah. it a fungus or something that, that it, causes it? It's in it? the soil. Yeah, something in the soil. So I um, asked Julie what would be the best. There are some uh, varieties that are more resistant. So yes. I planted one. I think it was called Viking. If that's Was that the one? But she recommended, because I usually plant the Yukon Gold, but they were all scabbed up. So she said these yeah. are more resistant. And you know, that doesn't mean it's bulletproof, so to speak, but but there are some things kind of like deer resistant doesn't mean they won't right. touch them. So some of those things you may have to look at other varieties just because right. of so diseases you sure. may have in the soil. Don't don't give up on something. Here's the other thing about potatoes, and I know this from uh, coming from potato country. You never plant potatoes on new soil that you've just worked up because you had these things that still exist. So potatoes, <clears throat> if you're going to plant them, then uh, and you want them right away, then put them into raised beds. But <clears throat> don't plant them where the, where you just took out the the sod. That because oh you, okay, that's, I got you. That's, that's that's a problem. And you should try and rotate them so because you shouldn't put oh, them in the definitely. same place. So I it, I don't have a lot of place to rotate, so I moved them you know the best I could, and we'll see how they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know we have um, uh, we have lots of exciting things going on. Uh, last night. Uh, a few of us got together at our garden on Glenwood Avenue, and we have a spot under a branch of a tree that comes down and shades an area, and nothing grows there. And uh, we worked it up, and we planted 20 hostas. Mm -hmm. we're, we're going to have named hostas in there. We mm -hmm. have named people, for people who don't know, there's some hostas that just are kind of your everyday run-of-the-mill, and then some with named are more hybrids or fancy fancy varieties. Right, and even some of those old ones, like you think of a Lancifolia, very old one, mm -hmm. and but it's named. So it... We, we're going to try not to put anything in there that doesn't have a name. But here's what I think. You know what happens if you get uh, uh, a sport or uh, uh, you'll get a little uh, hosta coming up, which is because it has crossed. It's been pollinated Cross by pollinated, another Cross-pollinated, uh-huh. And now you've got this little sport coming up. Well, those things aren't named. I mean, and they, yeah. and sometimes they, that's how you get new named varieties exactly. is somebody crossed with somebody and then you have this all of a sudden this beautiful looking hosta. You say, wow, look at this. Mm -hmm. And the, these little sports sometimes lead to new varieties. Right. So I'm going to see if we can't have an area where we just have unnamed varieties because this oh. whole idea of um, just getting something that's got a name on it and thinking that's valuable. Some of these little guys, they're, these little ones, they're really nice. I don't really particularly care whether they have a name or not. That uh, As long as they, they grow and they're healthy, that's that's just fine for me. Although, you know, some people are hosta collectors, and I started collecting at the place here in Mankato where I've got this hosta garden, and then I made markers so they all have their names. But out at the lake house, I'm just putting them out there and letting them grow because I just yeah. need a whole bunch for that hillside in the shaded area. Yeah. So, so it's just a matter of your 
purpose and you know if you want to be a collector and sure, name them sure cool so we'll have to see how things grow the other thing that we thought about on glenwood avenue there we've seen so many deer we don't know ah. if the deer are going to leave the hosta beds alone and if they do then we might be putting out um you know different ones too but, you know, like a lot of us have unnamed varieties. We could certainly have a, a bed of those unless this is a chronic problem with deer. So so that's kind of exciting. Well, the fence is probably <coughs> one of the only ways you're going to prevent the deer, really. Well, but we need to be able to access let the people yes, get in there and see what's going on, too. So uh, uh, something else uh, the Master Gardeners are doing on Saturday is we have an opportunity to... Um, uh, be with the Centenary Methodist Church. They're having a great big plant sale. It's a fundraiser for their breakfast program they have. They have a program at their church that is free that uh, anybody that's homeless or needs a breakfast, anybody can come. Anybody, and, yes. And, it, and it's free. And what a great way to help out. So I'm going to be there. Uh, plant sale starts at 9. I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock doing a shift. So if if you can come down, <clears throat> it's a really great opportunity to help out. So, or if you just want to make a donation to that program, I just can't imagine what it'd be like to wake up in the morning and wonder where you're going to have your next. Where meal. is that again? That, that where's that the, located? Centenary Methodist is on the corner of Cherry Street and Second Street. So downtown, Mankato. It is. Okay. It is right. Right. So uh, you can take that in, and then also Saturday. Benches, which is the Blue Earth Nicollet County Humane, Humane Society. Society, they're having their plant sale. So you might want to go out and check that out. And everything there benefits the pets, the the cats and the dogs, and and you know they're very near and dear to our heart too. So um, make a donation to them, or go out and just uh, buy buy a plant and just do that to honor all pets and uh, that are out there. I've been trying to tell myself I cannot go to more plant sales because I. I still got to plant what I have, Barb. That's well, the problem. It's a never-ending. Well, what's so difficult here is uh, finding a space for the things you've already bought to get them in and improve the soil and take care of them. And there, it gets to a point where, um, you know, maybe this is the end of it for this year. So Yes. Um, but, well, you know, the catalogs are coming out saying, pre-order for next fall for bulbs and no payment necessary right away so you know that's they're trying to keep you you and the, there's the new loop. things yes there's always new things <laughs> too but uh, the state hosta society their hosta sale is also saturday starts nine o'clock that's up at eden prairie um they have hundreds hundreds uh, hundreds of varieties of hostas they'll be selling and here's the thought for you. That's they have it on site where their hosta garden is in in uh, Eden Prairie. So you can see how they're doing in, in right. the ground. Right. And and if you have some of those hostas that you've either been given or that you moved to a home and and there were hostas and there were no names mm -hmm. on them, you can take a leaf up and and go through the hosta garden. Everything there oh, is. Oh, you can labeled. identify them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you'll be able to yeah identify them. So so that's a, that's a really good idea. And then one other thing I wanted to talk about is, do you know that actually I lost a couple plants last winter, and the one that I'm just really sick about is uh, cherry cheesecake. Are you sure it just didn't come up? Because mine's just coming up now. 
Really? You think it's still going to come? Well, they're one of the last things to come up in the spring. And mine out at the lake is a little further ahead, but mine here in in town just started coming up, just started peaking up. Just started peaking. So I wouldn't wouldn't write it off yet, you know. Okay. Jeff tells me we've got that maple tree in the front yard. He goes, don't write it off yet, but honestly... I think the maple tree is dead. There's no leaves on it. Oh, So yeah. that would definitely be, because every yeah. other maple tree in the neighborhood. But I'm just saying, sometimes you just have to be a little patient. This cherry cheesecake is a hibiscus, oh, and I it's really those. a beautiful one. It it grows to a quite a good size, so you need a big place in the garden. But I have hibiscus to other places, uh, and they are up and... and uh, uh, and they're doing really well. So we'll just stay tuned and well, see what happens Well, mine just started. That. The one in town just started. And they're, you know, so it okay. might be just a little sore. Next week we'll see. Did you, um, did you mulch it real good in winter? Because I, 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 I did mulch okay. it. And, um, and I took the mulch off as soon as it started warming up. And just nothing. Now, the other thing that I lost this winter is I had two knockout rose bushes left in my garden. And they didn't make it. They didn't. They, they, it just was like um, the wood on them. I had them cut back severely. Mm -hmm. It, it just looked like, um, I, it looked like it just dried out. It just, we must have had uh, winds when it was very cold or otherwise because it's on the south side. It was warm enough so that the sap started going up and that night it got cold and that it got trapped up there, froze, and then it, it, Did you mulch those two really yeah, well? Okay. Yeah, and okay. I, I always pull up soil around them. Okay. But here's the thing. I don't care because... You can find something new. Yes, now I'm <laughs> going to move something in those two spots. As a matter of fact, I already earlier this year moved in a peony. Okay. And it's one, I've talked about this before and I don't want to bore people, but it's one that I found up at Good Council in the grass that the oh, just growing by itself, you mean? Yes, it was. Volunteer? It, it was just, and it was mowed over with the lawnmower. Oh. And I just saw a few little leaves, and I thought, you know. Let that, me save you, little plant. That's a peony. So I got permission to dig it and uh, fill in the soil that I took it out. And I had it in the garden up there. I ended up getting four pieces of root, and all four of them grew. And so last a year ago, we were going to put in uh, up there a new pump, and they had to dig up where the one was at, and so I dug it and brought it home, and uh, just put it in my by my raspberries, which wasn't a good place for it. So I dug it early this spring before it broke dormancy, and I moved it up to the front so that it could have the spot where this rose bush was at. And if it did, it who knows how old that is. It would be 50, 60, 70 years old. So I, I love this idea of finding something that's old and, and we don't see it as much anymore. Um, you know, that is so true with the iris. I have some iris that aren't really big and uh, tall. They're shorter, but they are gorgeous. And we need to really preserve these varieties. This, they're hardy, they don't get iris bore. Um, so, you know, appreciate those things and get them up to the front of your garden so people can see them. All right, and anything else you're going to be doing this weekend? I know I'm going to be planning some more things, Barb, because thank goodness it isn't quite so hot. We've cooled down a little bit, but we've mentioned some tricks earlier on how to help the plants so they don't dry out and get too hot. But uh, I've got a bunch of things, uh, some more hostas to put out, and that's in the shade, so that's 
better, but the key is to keep them watered. I'm deadheading. And with all the early iris, every single day you have to go out and pull off the spent bloom because if you don't, they make a seed pod. And every time they do that, it takes the energy away from the rest of the plant. So I'm out every day deadheading. Here's the other thing. With the rain we had, beautiful rain and the heat, the weed seeds are sprouting like crazy. Mm. So I am constantly, you know, the thing is people think weeding such a big job. It doesn't have to be. Every day, if I see one, pick, pluck, 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 I am plucking constantly. Right, right. And I mean, that's you really have to keep ahead of it or it's it's not. Or get your mulch down. Get your, yeah. get your mulch down because, you know, with the heat and the rain, they just, uh, and sometimes it's worse to get in there with a hole because you bring up more of these weed seeds. Yes. That's why it's really good great before they start growing to get that mulch down yeah and there's all kinds of mulches and and um, you know some people use weed killers and things if you don't have to please don't because it ends up in the water in the soil and things like that and I know some people will say it's just too much just make sure make sure you read the directions and and if you use a living mulch which is like a like a sedum something that crawls on the ground that can be so successful because a lot of these weeds won't go through that oh my goodness the, the, i started the sedum around the rocks around the pond and they're amongst the boulders and it just looks like a beautiful green carpet right. that and no weeds can get through that barrier right. and the sedums are blooming right now i have a yellow one that's just i always forget uh, it grows so simply and so easily that I forget how beautiful it is when it's in full bloom. Do you cut your blooms off when they're done on the sedums? Because they, they end up flowering and then I think, well, maybe they'll make more. And, and yeah, they, Yes, they had that and it makes like a stick sticking up. Yep. And so I don't do them all at one time. I tell myself you have to do so many every okay. day. <laughs> gotcha. Save your back. Okay, thanks, Barb. It's always great chatting with thanks, you. Thanks, Karen. All right.